Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail, give me a shout out. We are coming uh, right around the bend with our fourth season. I got my two brothers with me, my co-host, Pastor Michael Teddy, and my co-host, Ashuk. I'm not even going to try, Ashuk, to try to say the name. (laughs) But we know Ashuk is back with us, and we love Mr. Ashuk. And we were just talking about what the heck we're going to talk about today. But we'll figure something out as we go along, right? Um, But we are going to talk about... um, you know, how to open up, up the Bible and, you know, how to read it. And, you know, do you just read it. Should we look at, look at the background, look at some of the genre and things like that? So we'll we'll be a little all over the map, but that's okay. Love you guys. Uh, thank you for listening to us. I'm going to give you Pastor Michael for a minute and Ashuk just to, you know, uh, say hello and what they've been doing and how the church is doing there in India. And then we'll get right into the topic of, you know, uh, Pastor Michael, Gordon Fee wrote a book. In fact, Gordon Fee just passed away. I think he was like 98 years old, Ashuk, right? And he wrote a book called, him and Douglas Stewart, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Very, very helpful book. I'm sure you, I see my two brothers smiling, right? I mean, that's a classic book on, you know, what we're going to talk about, talking about genre and things like that and, and then we'll get to Ashuk's favorite topic of typology. But Pastor Michael, go ahead. Let, let, let everybody know what's happening and then we'll give it to Ashuk. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've got, I got myself introduced to Gordon Fee and uh, all of these, uh, you know, s- uh, strong old men of God. And for me, they've always been old. So when you, when you tell me, you know, they're, they're you know, 90 something, I'm like, they're not 150. Because I, I think, I, I keep thinking that. You know, they'd live forever. Uh, but yeah, I, I, actually, I think we have our copies of how to read uh, uh, the Bible for what it's worth. I think we got it after we did a podcast once. But it's just, yeah, it's it's, it's an absolute joy to be here again. And um, so here's me and Ashok from India saying hi to everybody. Um, yeah, we just love doing these podcasts. We love talking about the Bible. We love talking about Jesus. God has been good to us. Uh, we're doing well as a church. Um, we have reached a point where our church uh, has grown in a, in number to a point where our current space is not fitting us. And so people are, you know, we were like squeezing in. And so we're hoping we keep growing like that and God will keep bringing more people and just, yeah, it's been a joy. So God's been good to us and we give him all the praise. Ashuk, say hello to your, your fans out here in America, buddy. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> so good to be back. So good to be here. And uh, I, one could say th- this is four seasons of uh, Pastor Dom trying to pronounce my name. Yeah, and, I won't oh, let him do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, over the seasons, it's gotten better and better. And maybe <laughs> 10 seasons then, you would finally nail my name. <laughs> yeah. Mohana Kamal. No good. Come on. 
Uh, come on, well, not too bad, Pastor Michael, right? Yeah, <laughs> not too okay. bad. So here's my deal. I want to, you know, even thinking about the background of reading the Bible, false words. So I want to, I'm going to come into your office, Ashuk or Pastor Michael, and I'm going to come in and say, okay, I want to read the epistle to Rome, to the Romans. Now, obviously I can just read the epistle to the Romans, um, but what are some of the things I can do before I read the epistle to the Romans? You might tell me, you know, have a good commentary or something like that. But so, Pastor Michael, I come into your office. I'm a layman. I mean, I I, I can read well. I, I, I love the Lord. I want to understand the book of Romans. Uh, uh, Ashuk, think about, I want to understand it exegetically. I want to understand what the original audience would be hearing. So what are some of the things, Pastor Michael, that would help me in doing that where there are some things in there that are more cultural? Does that make sense? So help me, Pastor Michael, I'm in your office. I want to I read Romans. Um, you're not going to tell me to take a course in Greek. I mean, that would be helpful, but you... I just want to know what's the, my best way to say understand Romans or any New Testament epistle. Yeah, I I think I would be courageous enough to actually ask them to go read it first. My instinctive reaction would be not to make people feel that there needs to be a preparation before the reading of the text. Amen. Uh, as as a default, because um, I mean. I believe that the Bible is written in such a way that man can go and read it and uh, be edified by it. And we know that the Spirit of God is faithful to the one who comes to this text. I mean, uh, as I was reading uh, John Bunyan, who was talking about prayer, and Bunyan talks about why prayer needs to be sincere, that everything that the Christian does has to come out of sincerity. So if a, if a genuine believer in Christ who really sincerely wants to know what the Bible says, then I have all the courage in the world to tell them to actually, you know, just go sit with the Bible and read it. The Spirit of God will be present and will equip you through the text. So I think the first thing that I want, I would encourage them to do is actually read more than prepare anything for the reading. Amen. Um, I would look for a good translation um, uh, that will be helpful for them to understand. So speaking from an Indian context, a lot of people who pick up an English Bible may not be so well-versed in English. They may not understand a lot of the words. So we'd probably look for a more simpler translation than the most accurate, if you want to use those words, you know. So, you know, I might be using the NASB in my sermons and all that and but i might actually ask someone to get the niv or the esv depending on you know something that would help them so one of the go-to translations i give is probably the niv um, which is simple for a lot of people here contextually to understand the way it's written and then i think i would i would encourage them to go read the bible and then come back with questions try to follow up I'd probably say, come back next week. Let's sit down and talk about what you read and what you found difficult. And I think that allows for me more room to discuss on 
uh, okay, here's why this portion of the text is like this, or here's how you should approach this text. So I love that kind of, uh, you know, hands-on approach. And so at that point, so if the question is, okay, if somebody's done that reading and they're coming back and they're saying, okay, Romans is difficult, how do I really understand what Paul's trying to say? I think I would always start with the basic principles of interpretation. Like I would, I would tell them to uh, go back to who's writing the book and to whom is it being written as the very basic underline of okay, this is what's being said. And so you have to read it within its context. You know, don't jump to different chapters. Don't skip chapters. You want to understand what this author is trying to tell this people, which is very important because um, in our culture, which is extremely influenced by televangelism and prosperity gospel and a very loose method of interpretation, people often believe that the way to interpret the Bible is to read it and take whatever they feel from it and go with it. But that's not the way you interpret the text. The way you interpret the text is to understand that the author who wrote it had an intention for the audience he wrote it for. And we are all secondary beneficiaries. You know, we're not, it, this was not written primarily straight to us, but God has inspired that text to be applicable for all of us that we can read it down through the generations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got something for Ashuk, and, and that, that's well said. And another thing I always say, we only got one side of the letter, right? We only got the, right. we don't have the other side. So Ashuk, okay, this is, I mean, Pastor Michael, well said. I mean, read the Bible, ask questions. Okay, Ashuk, I'm going to ask a question. I come and I'm reading the Bible and it tells me that if I have enough faith that it says that I can move a mountain. Well, I'm going to turn <laughs> around and, and, you know, turn around and say, okay, I want to move this mountain. And when I do that, the mountain don't move. So mm-hmm. is that because I have lack of faith? Am I reading the Bible wrongly? Do I understand the background? Or so how do I, how do I interpret or how would I say, you know, what does Jesus mean by if you would pray and have enough faith, you can move this mountain into a sea? Yeah, so uh, that that's something that I've, that has put me uh, that had put me in trouble during my early days of conversion, because this is hard for me. I thought, uh, you know, that's what Jesus expects me to do. He wants me to move mountains, and why am I not able to move mountains? And maybe it is something to do with the uh, degree of my faith. Um, so uh, again, uh, we are talking about literary genres, and uh, uh, one of the things that uh, that is peculiar about the way Jesus Christ talks throughout the uh, New Testament in the Gospels. Is that he uses something called hyperboles? Hyperboles. Say that is, so. Uh, hyperbole. Is that right? Is that what, hyperbole? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it would be uh, basically a literary device where we would say something that is highly escalated uh, uh, to to bring out a point. So, for example, uh, from the witness of the scripture and the way uh, even Paul tells us how our body is a uh, is the temple of Holy Spirit and everything. We know our bodies are sacred, right? That the Christians don't have a divide between the uh, material and the spiritual anymore. Christ has a body and we would have a body post-resurrection, etc., etc. So we know that. But when Jesus says something like, uh, 
uh, gouge out your right eye or cut off your right arm so that uh, it is better for your uh, for you to enter the kingdom without them rather than your whole body being burned in hell, burned in hell when there are such passages or uh, for a rich man it is as difficult as for a, a camel to get through the eye of a needle um well it's not as the rich people do not get saved either so christ uses this uh, language uh, literary device called hyperbole and hyperbole is supposed to well escalate something get one point to an extreme uh, to convey the degree of importance or uh, you know the uh, degree of importance of what is being said but it does it, it doesn't have to be literal in that sense and uh, like pastor mike was mentioning earlier that it is important to see uh, sometimes i think the whole uh, subject of hermeneutics hermeneutics being the subject of interpretation uh, of uh, uh, the biblical text is in a way the whole topic and the whole subject is about asking the reader to be to not be stupid so if 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 you were to get a book from your a letter from your mom or if you were to find out a letter written from one person to another person how would you look at it there's a lot of common sensical elements that go into it at to some degree it is asking the reader to apply those same rules and laws that you apply to any other letter uh to the letter that you would see written to romans and and the reason for that is because the way god has given revelation uh is some uh, is through something called verbal plenary and the whole concept of verbal plenary is that while the writers were writing they were writing normally nothing magical was happening in the sense there was no angel right next to them telling them what to write when they were writing the new uh, testament epistles and the uh, uh, acts and epistles and everything they were writing as though they were writing to the other uh, people and but god made it so that in his sovereignty when we read this we are also benefited by it because we seem the same uh, we uh, face the same kinds of issues and uh, we have the common enemy and we are running the same uh, race that our forefathers were running etc etc so yeah yeah, yeah no no, no yeah and that's and that's important and i wanted to so I, so we're talking about i wanted to ask pastor michael on this and that that's that's well said in other words we have to understand genre obviously we know that mm. you know the mountain not being moved and and ver, uh, verbal plenary those mm-hmm. things are really really important and it goes back to my seminary days right but <laughs> pastor michael so if if you don't understand the context there's no power in the text right pastor michael i mean so if if you we want the the bible says for the 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 word of god to be living and active sharper than a two-edged sword so if if we're not reading the text contextually correct if if we're reading it in in wrongly and not contextually tell me the the error that would cause pastor michael when we're reading it not contextually and not having a a proper understanding of what it's saying so the text can actually be living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword in our life. Yeah, I think I think the danger is twofold. Um one is less dangerous which is you context if you if you get the message wrong contextually um uh, you could get less than what it actually says which means you are less benefited than what the text actually intends for you. 
but the more dangerous one is that you could completely misinterpret the text and okay. um, so the danger is heresy the danger is going um, steps away from what the text is um, intentionally trying to tell us uh, what to do so i mean going back to uh, what ashok was saying if we if we read a letter today a contemporary letter that was written and you know we come across this letter we read it and inside that letter we hear you know uh, phrases used like uh, i ended up shooting myself on my foot you know we we're not immediately going to be like somebody actually shot them on the foot we know it's a figure of speech right we we are immediately able to correlate because uh, that's a colloquial uh, language that we use today and so we know okay that's not meant to be taken literally i think what people forget is that ultimately god chose to preserve his truth through a literary means which is through the written word this is the it, this is language this is um, a, a literary book which means that uh, the way you read the book matters um the way you understand literature matters because this is literature at the end of the day and when we talk about bible genres that's what we are saying because when you go to proverbs that's what we would call wisdom literature we could, we could even go to the new testament james and call it wisdom literature right and but you would go to the letters written by the apostles to the churches and we would call them epistles because there's a and then you would go to the uh, synoptic gospels the matthew mark and luke and then you have the gospel of john and then you have the apocalyptic literature the book of revelation so what you're looking at god in his divine wisdom was pleased to use literature as the means of preserving his truth and so when we approach the bible christians love to put away with the literature aspect of it and like to embrace a sense of mystic supernatural um uh, uh you know uh, a feeling based approach to understanding the whole of the text in which which is frankly not the way it was intended and i would also say this uh, you're absolutely right in saying that not having the context is a, is a problem it's dangerous because that's precisely what jesus accuses the pharisees of because if you look at the number of times in the new testament jesus keeps repeating the phrase have you not read have you not heard have you not seen if you if you look at the number of times that's been uh, repeated and said again and again and again it tells us that jesus expected the book to be read he expected the book to be uh, preached he expected the book to be heard and he expected his hearers to understand it well within its right context and so here's something cuz i want to we're probably going to run out of time on this segment but i do want to have a shoot talk about typology probably on the next on the other side in the next broadcast but I do want to say this and I want to get our shoot just a couple of minutes synopsis on this when you look at some of these gospels let's just say we read in the synoptic gospels let's let's use a Matthew Mark and Luke just for now just put John on the side and you see these same incident but Matthew looks at it differently it's like if if we turn around and everybody goes to a fire let's just say the buildings on fire right it's the same fire the same building but pastor michael is he's more interested in in the police and he'll look at it from a matter of how the police addressed it ashuk might be thinking that he's a more involved in firemen 
So he'll look at it. Now, it's the same incident, but it's coming from different angles because like Ashuk said, the author is, it, God doesn't take away who the author is themselves, but it's looking at things from, a, Ashuk, you understand? It's like looking at it from just different angles, but it's the same fire. And I think we see that a lot in the Bible when people say, well, why is John, why is Luke saying this and Matthew saying this? Because people, God did not take that away from the people writing the text. And they write it from sometimes their own, um, what what's important to them at that particular time. Ashuk, just uh, reiterate that for a few minutes and then we'll get you back on the other side to do the uh, it's on typology, but th th does that make sense? And you see that a lot in the, in the, in the gospels that it's the same incident, but people just come at it from different angles. Like, like in other words, you know, in, in some things, you know, they'll say that the, they sat down by the green grass. In other words, showing that it was, a you know, this was summer and that was important to that writer to mention that. So just quickly on that before we hang up, Ashuk. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, the example that you gave was uh, very useful as well, that uh, the building can ca catch fire, one could write uh, from the angle, uh, you know, can take a point of view of how the police officers did anything there. Uh, another person could write from the uh, point of view of the uh, fireman. Uh, I think I can't quite remember the name of this person, but uh, he he's a police, police officer and uh, then he came to faith. And he was giving this uh, testimony as to one of the things that convinced him of the authenticity of the Bible is that the Matthew, Mark, Luke, all the synoptic gospels uh, were slightly different the way they were written. And the reason that he gives is because for years and years, he's used to um, questioning uh, the uh, uh, criminals or even the witnesses concerning cases. And what he has seen is when three people or four people come and address the same issue or give it, give their eyewitness account of the same incidents, they always uh, bring to it uh, their own personal experience. They always bring to it their own context. They always bring to it their own biases. So that is how it works naturally. And the very fact that the three uh, gospels, synoptic gospels, uh, have their own differences is one of the ways to show its authenticity. It is, it is a mark of its authenticity because if it, it was the same, it's highly likely something was tampered with or somebody tried to make it uh, look... It would have been fabricated. It would have been fabricate, uh, fa yeah. fabricated. But uh, yeah, this uh, proves its authenticity and how organic it is in the way that people bring things on the table. Uh, but yeah, everything else, uh, the same thing that you said, Pastor. I and Mike could go for a wedding and I, uh, being somebody who really loves uh, music, can, might come back and say, oh, it was a blast. We really enjoyed everything. But Mike's somebody who loves uh, uh, food uh, a lot. And the food was really bad, assuming. And I might not even have noticed the food was bad because I was so involved in music. So I would come back and say it was, a, it was quite the party. It was really good. We really enjoyed while we were there. And Mike would, might come back and say it was a terrible party. Oh my goodness, I couldn't keep the food in my mouth uh, <laughs> while we were talking about the same party. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So that's that's my two cents on. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna close this section out, and we're gonna do two things. And, and we're gonna, you know, as we try to close our season out here, um, we're gonna talk about on the other side. We'll talk about typology, and then I want to I want to kind of end up and have Pastor Michael talk to us about pastoral ministry.
And I think sometimes um, the people, and it'd be great to have Ashuk too, because I think sometimes people in the pews don't understand really what a pastor may be going through and, and what his, just something from, say, a pastor's view to some congregants who may not know. Is that okay, Pastor Michael? So we'll deal with typology on the other side, and then we'll go into right pastoral ministry. Is that okay, guys? Yeah. Sounds Excuse good. Is that cool? Awesome. awesome. Yes, I love it. Pastor, Dom <laughs> Pastor Dominic Romaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and we take it to the streets. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. <laughs>